Welcome to the Asking for a Friend podcast series. This podcast goes along with a series of messages that Pastor Alex is doing, where we are tackling some of the big questions that we all have. We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to walking with one another through the uncertainties of life. Let's get into the conversation. All right, we're good. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hey, thanks for uh, helping me out. We are in the middle of a series called Asking for a Friend. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is we want to sort of extend our time because there's a lot of questions that people have. And uh, 20, 30 minutes, um, it's not enough to really dig deep. And so uh, some questions have already come in. And um, I don't know that we'll be able to get through all of them, but we're going to be doing a few uh, of these and uh, thank you for fe- being the first ones on the podcast and yeah. I really appreciate you guys you know some of the questions you know why would a good God uh, let a child die um, why would a good God let a child have a disability uh, what are your thoughts on pastors and spirit uh, pastor celebrity pastors and spiritual abuse why do uh, non-christians prosper uh, why can I live my life the way I want to and just ask for forgiveness on my deathbed? So those are some of the questions that we're going to be we're going to be talking today. But before we get started, do you guys want to maybe just introduce yourselves? Uh, maybe just tell us your name, how long you've been coming to LifePoint, maybe a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Addison Daniel. I've been coming to LifePoint three, four years at this point. Um, I think sure on timelines. Um, uh, I don't know about me. I've got two kids, uh, third on the way. Um, I've got a job. I've got a family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have a job. That's good. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> good deal. Yeah, I'm Justin Major. I've been coming to LifePoint since about 2015. Um, yeah, wife, two kids, <laughs> a job. Um, third on the way? No. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome, good deal. So let's let's get let's jump right into it. And I don't know if, if is there any one of those questions that I just mentioned that you guys want to maybe tackle first or um, just not the tough one. Not the tough one. Okay. <laughs> Which one's that? <laughs> Which one's that? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> well, let's talk about pastors, like celebrity pastors. Um, that's that's true. And spiritual abuse. I think that's maybe a good starting point. Uh, I don't know mm. if you have personally any experience with. With that, um, I know that a lot of people listening to this may have had, um, <clears throat> I had a teenager just recently that came to me after the service and said, you know, Pastor, why is it that, um, you know, there are people that may not necessarily believe, but they're good people that have good um, uh, morals, good values, mm-hmm. um, but they've just been hurt by the church and they've just kind of stepped away. Why? Uh, why does God let that happen, you know? And so what what is your, um, you know, how, what would you say to somebody like that teenager who may have a question about um, uh, pastors, celebrity pastors, and, um, and as it relates to spiritual abuse? <laughs> why do bad things happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know, because I, I really like, you know, definitions and like so for me the celebrity word itself it's 
like I want to always drill down more into that because like, do you mean popular? Because Jesus was popular. Paul was popular. That's a good point. Like there's several people throughout the Bible who were popular. So generally with that, I, I think popular is not the issue. Yeah. So it's the abuse of whatever that popularity has done uh, that tends to be the issue. And I, I think the hardest part is a lot of it comes down to like we're all human. And when what happens sometimes is that popularity almost removes checks and balances. You don't, you know, fewer people are questioning you. You can get away with more. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so unless you structure it in a way that as you are growing, you always have individuals who are right there next to you that you've given permission to be like, hey, what's this about? And can speak, you know, into the... Because when you don't have that, and that's when we do see that abuse, is it's just sin unchecked over time. And it creates... The longer it prolongs, you end up with worse outcomes generally mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know exactly where like this person was coming from when they when they said they were a celebrity pastor right like i don't know what they're you know are they thinking about like are, are they thinking about like uh televangelists are they thinking about people who who you know by their personality they're loud you know um but <clears throat> what um what what do you think how can um the church prevent maybe um, creating cultures within the church. Now, I'm not talking about just LifePoint, but I'm talking about just the overall Capital C Church, where there's a good good balance be- between the pastor being able to lead, but also not being so high on his horse that like he can he can. Because you know, one of the scary things for me as a pastor is, you know, just the title alone gives you a lot of authority, spiritual authority. Um, and you can really manipulate people, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very easy if you're not careful, if you don't keep your heart in check. It's very easy to um, give people a guilt trip. We've talked about that a little bit, you know, before. Like um, shame people from the pulpit and manipulate them. And so um, what, are, what, are, what are some signs, um, what are some things that you think a church can create to prevent that from happening? I mean, it can, can it be prevented, you know, if you have a pastor that's, that's just unrailing, you know, just kind of going crazy. Sure. So, yeah. So it's it's always an uphill battle, right? Because of our our fallen nature. Um, what churches can do, uh, to Justin's point, would be, you know, some checks and balances, uh, ways that um, the pastor himself is under authority in, in some form, some fashion, whatever that mechanism ends up being um and so yeah uh, something of that nature how it actually looks on a day-to-day basis in any given church i don't know if there's strictly a prescribed method but that needs to exist yeah what would you tell someone who feels like they have been manipulated or hurt by spiritual a spiritual leader like they're in maybe in that in that world um, and maybe they don't right. know how to get out. How do, how do they recognize that? I mean, mm-hmm. So something that I've thought about um, is that I love Jesus. I have 
issues with the followers of Jesus at times. Yes. Um, so uh, recognizing it's difficult, right? Because you love God, you want to love God, and you want to be a part of what God's doing on this earth, and yet you see uh, people that call themselves Christians it, who are Christians. They are Christians, but uh, as with any of us, they have their issues, they have their problems, um, and when those problems spill over from them and start affecting you or start um, casting Jesus in a poor light, then you start questioning the institution, um, the implementation, anything like that. And it can be difficult to separate the, it can be difficult to separate uh, Jesus from his followers. Mm. That's good. Justin, anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think what I would say to someone, um, yeah, like if, if you're, if you're following Jesus, like if you love Jesus and like, but you've been burned, I think, you know, go back to Jesus and see what he says about the things. Um, not that you should go back to the same place that burned you. Right. But forgiveness is, you know, we, we forgive because we've been forgiven. That's right. Um, not, you know, it's not because it's not because right. Like the, thing the person did or whatever right it's it's because jesus loved us as much as he did that no matter what we did has been forgiven and so we choose forgiveness hmm. choosing forgiveness as tough as it is means approaching new situations afresh you know like carrying it's the you can't carry that baggage with you that's right because then it's a question of like well have you really you can try <laughs> you can, you can try but then i mean it's a question of forgiveness like if you're still carrying and that's i mean that's probably one of the hardest things that i know people have talked about dealing with right like you have some serious things that have been done to people over the years and yeah. i can't for me personally i i can understand why forgiveness would be probably the hardest thing possible for them. Um, And so no judgment, but I mean that if you can get to the place of forgiveness, I think it's really easy, not really easy, but to get to the place where you're willing to step into another church or under the leadership of another pastor and be willing to give it. Yeah. And I feel like if you hold on to that, that bitterness or whatever it is, essentially you're, you're going to end up hurting yourself because Mm -hmm you're not going to have the benefits of actually being a part of a community that truly loves you for who you are, wherever you're at in life. And um, <clears throat> I think it could be the same. I mean, it's the same thing whether you've been burned by, in a dating relationship, marriage. You know, if you just say, I'm done, it's for, forget, forget it, screw it. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to miss out on on... You know, not every man out there is out to get you. Not every woman out there is going to, you know, hurt you. And so not every church is going to be. And so I think it's important to make sure that we don't, um, you know, just say, okay, this, it was like this then. It's going to be like that, that from again. now on. Yeah. What's that? I was just finishing. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. Or um, so um, what about, so here's a, another question. Um why do non-Christians prosper? Why do non-Christians 
prosper. I, my take on this is you have fundamental. So just taking the financial, right? You have fundamental principles of money that, right? Like that it's just, it's how it works. There's a, a George class on wrote the book, the richest man in Babylon. And it has like the five laws of gold. And it's, you know, you save 10%. I can't name them all. You know, I'd probably be pretty impressive if I could. But like the first one is you set aside 10%, right? Like now that's not referring to the tithe in that instance. But, you know, there's non-Christians, if they follow, you know, like you spend less than you make. You know, like there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. if, you, if you just live. And honestly, most of this is found like if you go to Proverbs for you know, financial advice, like there's a lot of financial intelligence that exists, you know, in the Bible, but as any non-Christian can apply, you know, kind of the fundamental laws of money and be very prosperous, you know, like we've seen it across the board, you know, Mm -hmm. with all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, I, this might be a silly analogy, but uh, I view it the same as the question of like, why would uh, non-Christians be better at checkers than Christians? It's like, <laughs> it's kind of the game we play. That's right. <laughs> like it's, um, yeah, so why would God allow that? I mean, for a lot of things, for me, it all goes back to free will and the fact that God, I believe that God allows us to make our own decisions right. um, with the consequences that come with it. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think the overarching interesting thing too is we, <laughs> God's playing the long game Right. Like we're, we're watching like this little snapshot of everything and he's playing like you think of the Pharisees. Right. Like when he tells or when they're able to the, the woman who gives two pennies, you know, and the other people who give just a smaller portion of their right. Like, well, those guys needed the money and to give it so that Jesus could have that story in order to have. Now we have verses in the Bible that teach us a concept. <laughs> right. Like. But you don't see that unless you see the full. That means that person worked, you know, that rich person worked X number of days and they saved their money and they did this thing so that Jesus could really use them as a negative <laughs> example. But it's, yeah, it's the long game. Like You know, I wonder if that question, I, I, I don't know who asked the question. All the questions are anonymous. Um, and uh, But I wonder if... <clears throat> And this actually could relate to spiritual abuse too, right? I wonder if people, because of what pastors and preachers have said throughout history, if they equate um, God's blessing, um, mm. prosperity, uh, with faith. And I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say about that? Like, again, I'm not trying to read too much into the question, but I wonder if maybe um, we've taught people that if you believe, if you do this, if you tithe or whatever, you automatically are going to have tenfold or whatever, you know. And I wonder if that's, if the question is coming from that perspective, like, hey, look, I'm doing what's right, I'm doing, you know, but I'm still struggling financially. Right, so prosperity gospel where God will do this for you if you give him your money or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's difficult, right? Because to your point, uh, yes, uh, the, there's a belief or the, there's a, there's a teaching that if you tithe, that God will bless you, maybe not financially, 
but uh, maybe your car doesn't wear out as quickly. Um, uh, I can see kind of the same thing, maybe maybe in a different light, where it's like, oh, you're sick. Well, you must you must not be doing the right things. Mm. Like, why why did that happen? Like, why does uh, what did turn, you do? What did you do? Yeah. Why does bad thing? Why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Like, kind of the opposite of. Which will, yeah, that, I mean, that'll tie into some of the other questions you mentioned earlier. The idea, it's tying principles in the Bible together that weren't necessarily ever supposed to be. It, it becomes quid pro quo, right? Like, right. you do this, then you'll, get, then you'll get that. And which it was never, right? Like, the tithe is God gives you everything. You give him back 10%. Yeah, you're, you're giving him back 10%. Right, right. Um now we don't do that, right? We do that. It's same. We forgive because we've been forgiven. Like we do, we give the tithe because we recognize he gave us everything we have. And so we give that back because he asked for it. And so we give it back. And then we want more after that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you know, there's absolutely verses that discuss, you know, the blessing that can come from living under God's commandments and living as he commands to, you know, like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be financially and to recognize that, right? Like the joy that you could, that he could give you simply because you're living that way. Right. Like, yeah. And honestly, for a lot of people, the sometimes, you know, like peace of mind can be worth more than, yeah. you know, you know, this, you know, more money mm-hmm. per, per se. You know, I think it's also probably important to say that, like, we're not like the experts, like in, you know, like these questions. No, I have a microphone. <laughs> you have a microphone. Everyone <laughs> should listen to me because I have a microphone. This, this is obvious. Um, you know, like a, a lot of these questions are hard, right? Like, yeah. like, um, you know, Jesus, I think there's a verse where he says, you will always have the poor among you. You know, and, and so I think that um, there are things that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think what's important, I think, in answering this question is making sure that people understand that, um, you know, just because you're a believer or a Christian doesn't mean that you're automatically going to prosper financially. And just because you're not a believer does not mean that, you know, vice versa, right? You're going to either prosper or not prosper, you know? And so sometimes we can over spiritualize things to the point where it's like what's in it for me mm-hmm. you know and faith becomes this thing this game where it's like okay if I, if I give my my life to Jesus then what do I get in return because we're so used to the you know uh, consumeristic mindset you know that it's like everything is you know one thing for another and so um, cool um, all right let's see you guys ready for uh, to get into a little bit, <laughs> little bit harder one? Sure. Okay, here it is. <laughs> I think of the four questions. Um, mm. um, I think one that's hard to explain is why would a good God let a child, my child, die, or why would He let him have a disability? Um, not long ago, um, I did a funeral of an eight-month-old baby. Probably the hardest funeral I've done. Um, and I asked myself that question, you know. Um, there was no words I could say at that moment, you know, that 
that I felt like would be enough to ease some of the pain, um, you know. Uh, I know people in our church have had children with disabilities, and and so, um, yeah, why would a good God allow those things to happen? So my, I've shared this story in life group, but it's for me, uh, Ryan and I were in Virginia, and she had uh, a friend that she worked with who was like eight and a half months pregnant, like super close to having the baby. Uh, she hadn't felt the baby kick that day, so she, they, she dropped her other daughter off at our house and then uh, went to go get checked at the hospital. Um, and so when she got checked, the baby had died at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, before she left our house, she asked me to pray. So, you know, I prayed over that everything would be fine and all that. And then, you know, as I said, like, that's how it ended up. And so for me, of all, you know, of all the prayers I've ever prayed, right? Like, I'm like, if I could pick one God, just yeah. one, mm-hmm. like that would have been it. So I don't, as far as challenges of my faith, like that was probably one of the biggest times that I was just like, okay, so what's up? Like, right. Why, why would you not? And we have all of these kind of easy, it's the unfortunate easy answers that Christians are quick to give sometimes that like they think it makes it better, but like it doesn't, right? Like, well, only God knows and someday we'll get there and find out. It's like, well, I have words, you know, like I have words for him right now. (laughs) I want to have a discussion about this, right? Um, And so where I where I land with most of it is the idea it, it is the right it's a sinful world like it's kind of the three prong when sin entered the world right so the ground became cursed and we know that we're all going to die at some point and God didn't tell us when that would be and I, that doesn't make it any easier but it I think it we understand right like that is life like the amount of time that we get is unknown. Um, and then you have the sin that enters. So the idea that somebody could kill somebody, right? And that could end your life. And then you just have the, the natural world that God established and set in motion that affects us every day. Um, those three things, you know, are kind of the reasons why we could die. And we don't like that it's a child, you know, yeah. but it affects a child the same way as, you know, an adult and it happens the way it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really difficult, you know, going into, uh, this discussion, like having the notes beforehand, I, I, you know, I tried to study (laughs) to some extent. I, um, and I think, like I, I have the some cerebral answers that, you know, kind of sound nice, one way or another, but it, it just it, it to an extent ignores or keeps at a distance the actual suffering that something like that can bring to a parent to a family. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm not the the source of any of these thoughts. Um, I can't claim to have any fresh outlook on here, but um, what I found helpful uh, was C.S. Lewis's um, The Problem with Pain um, and just 
kind of the the opening chapters of that help provide at least me a framework to understand um, reality, really, why we're here, why God allows um, things of that nature to occur. Um, I, I don't claim to have the answers, and they, they kind of sound hollow in the face of something like that. Um, so I think in, in those situations, kind of what you have to do is feel that pain, accept that pain mm. to a great extent, and just know that you know God does love. He does love you. He does love the child that has died. Um, and I, I know it sounds hollow uh, in the face of it, but that's, that's the one thing that I can hold on to. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, um, I loved for you to share anything that like, if you, if you research anything, any quotes or anything like that, feel free to uh, share with us. But, um, I think it's with so many of these questions, I don't know that we can fully answer anyone who right. is going through it in the moment. But the way I look at them is <clears throat> my faith, I do believe, helps me cope with things in life. And so if in my mind I put my faith in a God who says, hey, if you kill so many people, you'll get you know seven virgins when you get to heaven or whatever, you know. Some people believe that, and that's like, that's their God, you know, and they, they believe in, in punishment and killing, and they believe in, in, in all of those things. For me, personally, I choose to believe in a God of love, grace, forgiveness. Um, and so um, the, the best way that I can, um, you know, express, you know, an, sort of an answer to that is we live in a broken world. Everything's broken. The weather's broken. You know, economy's broken. You know, people are broken. Our hearts get broken from time to time. And Jesus came to restore um, our world. But in the meantime, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not, there's not a, a fix for us here on planet Earth. You know, I wouldn't say that to somebody that's going through it, you know, but I think... For me, mentally and spiritually and emotionally, that's if if I at least can believe in that, then I, I have something to hold on to, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I've never gone through any trauma like that. Have you guys ever been other than what you what you shared? But mm-hmm. anything like, have you ever lost a child or anything like that? No. Um, have you ever had anybody close to you that that's gone through? See, that's that's what makes it hard, right? Like for me. If, you know, I feel like, man, I haven't, you know, there, when I see it, the state of the world, I see, man, all this suffering, and I almost feel like I'm in a little bubble, and I haven't really fully experienced what others have experienced, and so, um, anything else? I mean, I, I like, it's, the idea of permission, and I, I don't want the word permission to be angry, but I don't want the word mm-hmm. angry to be missed. Yeah, yeah. Mistaken, right? Like, um, because it's like when Job had his conversation with God in the Bible, um, 
he he forgot a little bit about who God was when he had that conversation. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that he had the conversation that was the issue, and like God rebukes him because of how he addresses him, basically. So long as you recognize still who God is in that moment, like have what I would have those conversations right in your prayers, like, and if you if it's why, just cry out why, you know, like. Right. I mean, even Jesus mm-hmm. said that, right? Right. Why, why Lord? Exactly. Um, And it doesn't, you know, the blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Right. Like, you know, like there's, you know, it's one of those like what comfort, like I would rather have my kid. Right. Right, right, right. And so there's a lot of those verses that, you know, we can throw out there. But I think have those tough conversations with God, like really, if anything, dive deeper into like your prayer and your conversations with him. Um, in my experience, I've only come out the other side better for that, even though I was dealing with whatever tough thing I was dealing with. Uh, Mm. Not that it helps in the moment, but yeah, yeah. it's good. Addison, anything to that? No. All right. Um, let's see one more. And then I'm just going to ask just a few random questions. Okay. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yeah. You may not be ready for, but I think it'll be just, just for fun. Okay. Um, I don't know if this came from a teenager, but why can't I just live my life the way I want to? And then just when I'm on my deathbed, ask for forgiveness. I mean, come on, if you're a teenager, you know, that's a little tempting, you know, I'm just saying, you know, let me party, let me have a little bit of fun, you know, let me just do my own thing, be free. And then when I'm in my 60s or 70s or whatever, you know, like, okay, I'll turn to Jesus then. So what, what would you say to maybe a young person that, that's um, debating, you know, putting off Christianity and faith? And it's a dangerous game. Is, yeah, you're, you're playing a cosmic game of chicken. Like this, <laughs> it's a bad idea. For one, if science tells us anything, it's that uh, the male cerebral cortex is not fully formed until 25. <laughs> that's why we can't get good insurance rates. <laughs> um no, I mean, can you? I mean, I, I assume some people have done it, right, right? right? But I assume many more have failed yeah. to actually do that. Because if you go into it with that outlook, it's like, oh, uh, tomorrow. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll follow Jesus tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, eh, tomorrow, well, tomorrow never comes. <laughs> you only have today. You only have the mm. present um, that is why it is called a gift. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Reference out there for anyone. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's, I, w- I wouldn't roll those dice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, the, the sincerity of it, right? Like, in that moment, and kind of you get to the verses of... Uh, talks about... Uh, us trying to like, you know, we're knocking on the door and I, you know, I never knew you. Right. Like that whole thing is just like, like you, you never, that life change was never personified in any way, shape or form. Now, you know, is it, we have the, uh, the center on the cross next to Jesus, right? Like who, that that's kind of our greatest example of that right like calling out for you know 
Um, he didn't have to go through a whole process of right. like rituals and right. You know, like so it was immediate. Yeah. So to Addison's point, yes, it's possible. You know, like if if you know the when you're going to die, roughly, you know, then maybe. But it it really it's missing the entire point that is like the wonder of a relationship with God and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and if if you kind of miss that whole point, then and that's it's the whole like there is sin. And we're not supposed to sin, but there's this whole like range of things that it's just like the Bible specifically says like everything is permissible, right? But not everything is beneficial. Is beneficial. Um, so like we have the sins that are in there that it's just like okay, like I know I shouldn't do this for these reasons, and God tells me why I shouldn't do that for those reasons. To sit there and like try to really like that question comes from a place of like, well, I just have to sit here and just do nothing with my life but pray and go to church and serve and that's it. I never have any fun. I never, you know, it's like where when in actuality, like read the Bible, like the fun that was had, right? right? Like by the disciples, the conversations, walking, the things that they did, serving people, the joy that it brought. Like everyone, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, feel like the. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Peter got to cut off someone's ear. That's I mean, it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it can't get any better than that. That loose you cannon, know? Peter. That, that was fun. I guarantee you, that was adventurous. <laughs> no, but like, I think the question, I think there is a misunderstanding yeah. that, like, if I believe in Jesus, then my life is going to be boring. Yeah. You know, if I mm. put, trust in God, then my life is over. And actually, I think that's um, that's a lie. From the devil, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you can have a blast yeah. and, have, and be a believer. Um, it's like I mean, Christians I love... are race car drivers. Yeah. They're professional football players. Yeah. Like they're CEOs of giant companies. Exactly. Like, yeah, and I think it's it's actually if you could see the way God sees, you would understand, you know. Um, but um, you know, following God's word and what Jesus says about you know what the guidelines that he sets out for us it's for our benefit it's for mm-hmm. um you know it's for our peace of mind it's it's so mm-hmm. that uh and and at times it's like telling a child not to do something and they don't quite understand it you know you know i always give you the example of reaching out for the electrical outlet you know and then they don't quite get it and then you slap you know their hand and it's like why are you a monster you know it's like no i know better i'm protecting you and so um but yeah, I think when it comes to sex, alcohol, when it comes to, um, you know, just anything that, that like where you're getting off track, I think God knows a little bit more. He's, he can see a little bit further ahead than you. And he's like, man, just, um, you know, there is a way to enjoy life that's better than sometimes the way that the world makes it look like, you know. Right. And uh, I think in an interesting experiment for anyone thinking, oh, you know, what, I'm going to try that. It would be to go and find, you know, a Christian, someone that you respect, admire, go to them and say, what do you think about this? Insofar as like, is there anything in your life that you did, you know, uh, in opposition to God? And what do you see 
that time of your life as now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to guess that most of the time they're going to say, I regret that. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Sweet. Let's, um, let's have some fun. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question that a teenager just asked me, okay, a couple of days ago. It's teenagers, man. <laughs> yes. Man, I'm telling you. Um, so after the first service, she cornered me. Mm-hmm. And she said this, and uh, I haven't given you, you know, just for the sake of everybody, like you guys don't know the question, so I'm just going to throw it out there. If you answer this correctly, I give you $100, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, but, but it's... I'll hold you to it. <laughs> she stumped me, okay? Um, why um, does God not forgive fallen angels? She asked me that, and I was like, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> Why does God not forgive fallen angels? That that question is making the assumption that there is a fallen angel asking for forgiveness. Mm, that's good. That's a good way to put and it. And I think the pride that would exist in a fallen angel is such that they would never go back. Mm, that's good. On the decision that they made. That's good. Man, that was good. You're that's just good. changing the rules. <laughs> That's what you got to do, man. <laughs> you passed the pastor test. <laughs> Kobayashi Maru, man. Uh, okay. Uh, did we record that? I'm going to, we're going to put that one on the, on the message, you know. Um, cool. Addison, any, anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, not that specifically. I, I mean, as long as we're on the topic of fallen angels, it, it had occurred to me, like, in the, in the, in the conversation of celebrity pastor, etc., um, it occurs to me that it's actually the same sin as Lucifer did. Yes. Um, which that's where Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven and he got envious of the worship that God was receiving. So he kept it for himself. Um, and that is how ultimately he fell. It feels like the same application um, for a celebrity pastor or someone who is popular but doesn't use that popularity correctly mm. it's like they're only popular because of jesus right. or i guess practically they're popular because uh they look nice or because like they can tell a good joke from a pulpit etc and they, right. they've built their their ministry but it feels it's a personality thing. it's yeah. a personality yeah. thing and people then follow them for their personality not even because of the message that they're preaching and so they're they're using God to build their kingdom and fall in that way. That's good. That's yeah. good. All right. Um, one more. One more. Uh, a, a few of the questions that we're going to be tackling in the days ahead is, um, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna you guys pick whichever of these you want to kind of maybe tackle, but um, a few of the questions that we will for sure be talking about. Um, uh, what, what does God say about abortion? Now, that's a, it's a big deal. So we're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come. Um, what should the church's role be in politics? Another phenomenal question, I think. Um, how, can I, how can I trust the Bible? Uh, how can I trust what the Bible says when there are so many interpretations, so many voices that contradict each other? Um, is hell real? Um, why would I want to go to a church full of hypocrites who look down on me for my sins all the while doing the same or worse? 
Um, so do you guys, do you want to answer any of these? So there's a bunch more. Um, why are present day miracles not quite as unbelievable as in Bible times? Um, all right, so pick one of those. <laughs> of the ones you mentioned, um, I, personally, the church's role in politics uh, is the one I would rather answer than all the other ones. Um, let's let's go there. It's a good one. We can we can wrap up with that. Because I I think unfortunately there's a lot of amazing things about the country we live in, but because the way the church partially formed the country, right? Freedom of religion was the the reason why, you know, they wanted to come over here. And it informed a lot of things, but because it was so integrated for so long, and all, I mean, obviously all of this is my opinion, what has happened is it's, it has made for some church members that their political affiliation is synonymous with their identity in the church mm. and our identities in Christ. Right. Right. Like period and stop like period, like that's it. Our identities in Christ. And what, what happens is when you part of your identity is held in whatever political party um, you lose and you start making decisions based on that and not out of grace, love. A lot of the things, because at the end of the day, if you look at what like Jesus was calling for in us, for us to do, um, they're not, they don't line up with either political party, yeah. if, if we're honest, right? right. Like it, it, it is foreign to what uh, the government may or may not do. And so it, it calls into question why are we, why, why have we allowed, or does some, do some churches allow to be so tied to a political party that it would cause those issues? Mm. That was a lot that's of good. words for oh, maybe not landing on no, a I defined like square. But. I like that. <laughs> I just saw you as Neo dodging all the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <Yay. laughs> Now I'm going to take a hard stance. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think that, again, uh, kind of a difficult topic one way or another. Uh, yes, there should be, I think that our role in society should be informed by our convictions and our belief in Christ. Mm. And I think that that can look different for different people, practically. So you take one individual out of a crowd and ask them their position on 10 different topics. They're probably not going to align uh, before <laughs> politics became the, the primary driver and orientation for Christians in the church. They're probably not going to naturally align with any one individual political party. Right. And so what you end up getting is is like oh, I kind of like these people or I kind of like I kind of want to vote this way but there's that one issue that I don't really agree with. So that means I've got to you know swing wildly either one way or the other. I have to pick the the lesser of two evils. 
yeah. which is it's just problematic. Like we need to think complexly about the issues of the day and how we think that our beliefs should be applied in society as a whole and not um, demonize someone else for having a different opinion. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think if I'm not interpreting you, reading you wrong, you're, you're both saying there, there's a line that pastors, churches shouldn't cross. Is that, am I, am I like, let me ask, let me ask it like this. Um, is it okay for me to have, um, you know, somebody that's running for a political office, you know, to mention their name, uh, to, to give them, you know, five minutes of maybe prayer. Is that, is that, is that, is there a, is that a line that should not be crossed in your opinion? Uh, I mean, if you want to cross that line, technically you can, you'll lose your charitable status. Right, right. Right, because churches operate under, um, as charities uh, in the eyes of the federal government, and charities cannot endorse any individual candidate. Right. Uh, and so, and yet some churches do it, right? Some t- churches, <laughs> well, <laughs> everything it, Well, not legally, and but, so then they're going but, against the laws of the but, land. So if it, if it had nothing to do with the legality of it. Just praying uh, over with, a candidate. On a Sunday. Yeah. Like, there's ways around it, right? Like, there's ways around... <laughs> May the Lord bless and keep the czar far away from us. <laughs> but in your opinion, like, that's a, that's, that's a no-no, right? Um, I mean, if the church wants to drop its char- uh, charity status, then I see no moral reason against it. But you, let's not think of it as persecution. It, if we're just if we're talking, what, what do you mean by that? Like persecution and like, what do you mean? Like, so there would be those. Or I assume there would be those that would say, "Well, we're being persecuted because we can't endorse the candidate." Well, what you're really saying is we like our money. Mm. <laughs> like, drop your charity status if you want to have those opinions. You can, right? You just got to drop your tra- charity status, right? Like to function ethically. Yeah. Maybe not morally, but ethically in you know society you yes. have to you have to do that right right justin I'm, if it's yeah from from the from the stage that's where it gets a little bit different like personal support is one thing from mm-hmm. the stage is it becomes different just in that you know what God wants or, you know, as the pastor's praying through kind of what God is telling him, what, you know, like I, I have a hard time believing that God is ever like, it's this political party pastor. Like you need to give, you know, because I'm going out on a limb, but I don't think God cares (laughs) from a big picture, right? Like in, in the grand scheme of everything and he, he knows how everything's working he does not care about yeah. the political parties, nor do they mean anything to him. Um, what his people are doing means something to him and how they're living for him. So I think generally it would probably be best, you know, for the church to not yeah. deal in that in order to serve the community, the people that mm-hmm. they do serve as best as possible. Because the second you kind of toe the line, you've automatically 
shunned or, you know, said like, we do not align. That's the biggest problem I find with if you tell somebody you're a Christian, the automatic assumption, right, is all Republican. Yeah. You know, or right. you're non-Christian. They like some some one of some, the on the other side. One of the questions is, can uh, Democrats actually go to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Well, no. <laughs> I'm confused. Right. But that's, you know, like that becomes that's where it becomes an issue, because by doing that, you've essentially said, you know, you've made something that like Jesus was polarizing in the best way. That's right. And doing that with politics makes you polarizing in my opinion in not the best way if not a bad way it's one of the it's why like you should not discuss that you know like they say like don't discuss <laughs> yeah. politics and religion yeah <laughs> politics and religion you know don't do that. um yeah so for the most part i think we are able to i like what you said about you still need to be informed right like you yes. still like operating in society like the Bible, we're still called to function in society and give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Like we, right. and so there are things like we probably should do. Right. Um, but all the while testing it by what God, how God tells you to do yeah. those things, not yeah. how your political party tells you how to do those things. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. I think, I mean, you don't, you never see Jesus campaigning for... You know, I mean, in, in his day and age, I mean, it was a time of political struggles with the Romans and, you know, all of, you know, the, the Pharisees and all that. And yet you don't see him, you know, going, you know, campaigning for anybody. Um, and uh, so I, I, I agree with you guys. I'm not kind of pressed in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I personally, my personal stance is, um, you know, I, I just want to be known for what I'm for, not what I'm against. Yeah. Um, and and that's Jesus and God's word. And so there's plenty in there to say. And I think people can make their own decisions as far as, um, you know, who to choose, you know, what party to vote for. Um, and so, you know, that I think for me, I would not feel comfortable. Uh, I have been, I've been asked, hey, would you mind having somebody pray over this group of people we have an opportunity and I've, I've and this is recent a few months ago um and i just said look um personally like i would rather not you know mm -hmm. even it, it was just a small prayer they would just pray over a group of people and i don't want to be super specific with which group you know mm -hmm. uh, but um yeah would you mind if this person comes and pray over this group of people and that's like i not and and I was trying to be sensitive, you know, but I said no. I'd rather I'd rather not, you know. So and you know I don't know. I'm sure there's other opinions, and I respect those, but that's just my stance, you know. Well, and I think too, what happens is there'll be one party or the other is championing championing a cause that you feel a personal conviction over, so you try to align behind that. When I I've always it, it's the when you sit there and you have this conviction yourself, right? And then you're just, you're, you're delegating the Great Commission. Like we've talked about this before. If, if God has put something on your heart, like champion that. Like, is it, is it going to be difficult? 
Yes. Like right. I, I can guarantee like any, ask anyone who started a charity or done anything that's like worked countless hours. Like, yes, it is hard. But if that is what you want to see done, push to yeah. that and don't, don't just expect a party, a political party to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I totally agree. I think that, um, this kind of lines up with, you know, I just asking God for a discernment on like, when do you tackle, um, I don't want to, I don't know if political issue, an issue like that's in culture, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's always a hard one for me because there are some pastors that like everything is an issue, you know, anything that's on the news, you know, whatever's trending, boom, they're going to preach on that. They're going to, you know, you know, it's going to speak loud and bold on it, you know, and for me, it's just like, okay, you know, what, where is you know, I'm just curious what, what, you know, um, what's a good balance to, to not ignore the issues of the day, but not jump on them every time something new comes, you know, your way. And so, I don't know, any thoughts on that? And this, we'll probably wrap it up with that, but. Sure. I mean, I do think that the church should be speaking into the issues of culture of the day. Um, I think that frequently what happens is the, the, the capital C church doesn't speak on it. Mm-hmm. And then the Christians come out on social media or anything else. And it, you know, the, the loudest, the loudest Christians come out on social media. And then that's what the big C church is known for mm-hmm. is, yes. is these opinions. So and it's like I, I don't admire your position <laughs> <laughs> me neither <laughs> um, but yeah to, to speak against because because politics and religion are so, so intertwined it's difficult to go against the political yeah. and to speak to issues from the Bible's perspective without even alienating your own congregation yeah and so uh, we've got to be we've got to be better than that. We've got right. to think complexly and critically about issues, understand that other people can have different opinions and yeah. they are still Christians, they're still going to heaven. Yeah. Democrats are going to heaven. And that I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the goal with this podcast and in, in fact mm-hmm. with this series is to create some space for people um to have different th- different opinions, you know, mm-hmm. and and I hope that even in the next few podcasts and with the, some of the questions that we're going to be tackling in the future, I hope that we can uh, cultivate, um, you know, conversations where there's respect and um, where we care about people more for who they mm-hmm. are than necessarily um, a point of view that they may have, you know. And so any last Words, Justin Addison. Thank you guys for for being here, man. Appreciate yeah, it. No it's problem. Been, thank you. It's been fun. Anything else? No, We're good. We're good. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. You. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. More than that, we hope you feel encouraged to have conversations with people in your life about potentially difficult topics. Also, it's never too late to send in a question. Text us your questions to nine zero three five nine two. 8357. Thanks for listening.